Hola, buenos dias, when in Spain listeners, it's Wednesday yet again. Where did the week go? Wow. A warm welcome to episode 10 y 6, episode 16. You're listening to the When in Spain podcast show, in case you didn't already know that. I'm Paul Burge, coming to you from the Spanish capital. If it's your first time here, hello, thank you for taking the time to listen. And if you're a regular listener, well, as always, welcome back and thank you for continuing to support the podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about the daily routine or daily rhythm of day-to-day Spanish life. And it's associated curiosities and frustrations. There are many things that uh, I find, uh, well, a little bit annoying, a little bit frustrating about uh, the daily routine uh, here in Spain. Well, the Spanish do tend to keep very late hours, (sighs) which for me uh, has sometimes a negative impact to find myself feeling quite tired. Um, But yeah, they keep late hours. And I don't know, sometimes I just wonder whether Spanish people even sleep at all. Um, For me, when I first moved here, it was probably one of the cultural differences um, that I found most difficult uh, to adapt to. There is this what's been described as a two-hour lag behind the rest of Europe in terms of uh, the daily timetable. And it seems to affect all aspects of daily life, from work, family, friends, leisure time, and certainly eating. Um, So I'm going to talk about Meal times, working hours, opening hours of shops, restaurants, offices, uh, socialising, meeting up with friends and family, uh, going out, TV schedules, and of course, not forgetting the delightfully long lunch breaks followed by the siesta, of course, the Spanish siesta. All of these kinds of things I'm going to be looking at during uh, this episode. So if we're thinking about the Spanish daily routine, I guess for most people who aren't Spanish, there are two daily events in the Spanish timetable which stand out. Um, And that was certainly true for me before I came to live in Spain. Um, I was already familiar with the idea that The Spanish siesta was something that everyone seemed to talk about and eating the evening meal at an inhumanely late hour. And this is something for me that I still really, really struggle with. Um, I find it very difficult. I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, But are these things simply a cliche? Do the Spanish traditions still hold true today in, in modern Spain? I'll come on to that a little bit later. So let's time travel. Uh, The Spanish day is very much dictated by uh, eating, by mealtimes. I think more so certainly than back in the UK. But we'll start this episode with waking up and having breakfast. And then we'll wind up the episode by hitting the sack. So set your clocks to Spanish time, la hora española. And off we go. So let's start our Spanish day waking up and having breakfast. Breakfast is el desayuno. Most Spaniards, uh, Monday to Friday uh, during the working week, uh, would usually uh, wake up, I guess, about seven, half past seven. 
and would have breakfast starting at about half past seven through until maybe nine, uh, depending whether they have breakfast at home or whether they grab something on the way to work. So breakfast really could be taken any time between eight o'clock in the morning and about 10, maybe 10.30. Breakfast in Spain is fairly similar to the rest of the continent uh, and other European countries. It's fairly small and light and quick. So uh, a cafe con leche, uh, fruit juice, fruit, yogurt, maybe cereal, and um, a very, very typical Spanish breakfast, which I absolutely adore. Uh, incredibly simple uh, is called a pan tomaca or a tostada con tomate, which consists of two halves of toasted baguette or a small roll doused in extra virgin olive oil, and then you dollop freshly grated tomato uh, on the top of it with a sprinkle of salt. Some people have it with jamón as well, um, but it's a really lovely breakfast, and you'll see this in lots of uh, cafes and bars uh, available uh, during the morning, and it's a very common to see people eating it, a pan con tomate. So yeah, I would say uh, very similar to other European-style breakfasts. Uh, pastries as well. Sweet pastries uh, could be quite common. Uh, children may have a hot chocolate. Uh, the brand, famous brand here in Spain is called Colacao. And uh, quite common maybe for children to have the hot chocolate made with milk and colacao and maybe some galletas, which are little biscuits. The common brand here is Maria, I think. So that's breakfast. Um, from, it suits me really well. I'm not a big breakfast eater and I never have been. Um, for me, a cup of coffee and something very small like a yogurt or fruit or a pan con tomate is absolutely perfect. So a uh, very small and quick breakfast, as I say, uh, could be taken at home. A lot of Spaniards tend to stop off in a bar or cafe on their way to work and have their breakfast uh, as well. The next meal milestone would be el almuerzo. El almuerzo roughly translates as brunch, I suppose, or in the UK, we might say elevenses, um, which, wow, sounds really old fashioned. I don't, can't remember the last time I heard someone use the word elevenses. But yeah, um, el almuerzo would be taken between around 11 and 1pm, probably not as late as 1pm, but sort of late morning. And again, this would be maybe some tapas. Uh, it could be a tostada. Uh, it could be some pastries, uh, it would probably be another cup of coffee, um, but something maybe a little bit more substantial. For children, it might consist of milk and cookies, uh, very similar to the breakfast. The next meal, and for Spain, certainly the most important meal of the day, is la comida. La comida is lunch. Now, lunch is normally taken quite late in the afternoon, if you're comparing with, certainly for me, back in the UK, and other, also other European countries as well. Um, but lunch in Spain is typically uh, eaten between 2pm and 4pm in the afternoon. Now, for example, back in the UK, uh, I would normally have lunch at probably 1 o'clock, maybe 130 and I would be done with lunch um, by 2pm. Whereas in Spain, Spaniards are usually only just starting uh, to think about having their, their, their lunch in the middle of the day at about 2pm. Uh, it's not uncommon for Spaniards midweek, Monday to Friday I'm talking about here, to have their lunch at maybe 3 o'clock or maybe 330 
And in Spain, it's a big deal. It's taken very seriously still. Uh, for most Spaniards, it is a two or three course cooked hot meal served on a plate, sitting down at a table with a knife and fork, uh, a carafe of water, whether you're eating lunch at home or whether you're eating lunch out at a restaurant or in your workplace. For me, this was, again, something which I found very difficult to sit down and have a very heavy meal uh, right in the middle of the day, particularly when it's very hot uh, during most of the year, the hottest part of the day, and you're sitting down and having a very heavy um, meal. Uh, back in the UK, I was used to zipping out of the office, going down to the supermarket uh, or the sandwich shop and grabbing a sandwich, a packet of crisps, a bottle of water, a fruit juice, uh, something sweet or maybe a piece of fruit and probably eating it on the go while I was walking or zipping back to the office and sitting down and dining al desco. Uh, yeah, just sitting at the desk, staring at the computer screen, eating, you know, uh, a, a, a pre-prepared uh, lunch. So, you know, not particularly healthy, I suppose, not particularly uh, enjoyable. Here in Spain, the emphasis is on everything stopping and uh, sitting down and eating a proper cooked lunch. Now, uh, lots of people who uh, work in offices in the cities and towns will leave their office or their place of work and they will go out to their local uh, tasca or bar or restaurant and they will sit down for, you know, a good hour and a half to two hours, maybe longer if they have time, and enjoy a full menu del dia, which is the preset menu of uh, three courses, which can include wine and beer. And it's really, really common to see people doing this during the week, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, sometimes even later, sitting down and having a big, heavy lunch. Another thing which I find quite curious uh, is that people will often make the effort to go home for a cooked lunch. Uh, lunch breaks in Spain are typically two hours. In the more modern office environments, they could be maybe an hour and a half. Uh, and sometimes they can be longer. Some, some offices will allow their employees to take two and a half hours for lunch. And many employees, many workers will jump on the metro or jump in the car and drive all the way back home to sit down at home and have a cooked meal. Um, this, for me, is kind of really surprising. I just think it's crazy. Um, I still have a very sort of Anglo-Saxon mentality towards lunch, and I just think, I don't know, I'm not saying it's uh, the right thing or, or a good thing, but for me, it's lunch is half an hour, you know, feed yourself, satisfy your appetite, and then crack on with your work and get it done. Uh, but in Spain, and it still holds true, um, there is a very big pause in the middle of the day for at least uh, an hour and a half, usually two hours, and very often longer to really sit down and enjoy um, a substantial meal. Um, and another curious thing I noticed as well when I used to commute uh, to work was seeing people on the metro, on the underground in Madrid, with these little, um, light little miniature mini backpacks, sort of, but they were sort of square shaped. And every other person seemed to have one. And I realised that they are little bags specifically made for carrying Tupperware containers of food. Um, when I used to work in an office, this was something, another thing which was quite 
curious to me, quite unusual. I thought it was a bit strange um, that everyone would make an effort to bring in uh, pre-prepared food that they cooked the night before at home. Uh, whether it would be potatoes, rice, meat, vegetables, whatever. It certainly wasn't very often uh, a cheese sandwich or something like that, or a salad. Uh, people would come in with various containers of food, with rice, potatoes, meat, whatever, quite often food that they'd prepared the night before or leftovers from a, a meal the day before. And they'd be heating it up in the microwave and sitting down with a plate and a knife and fork and eating a cooked meal in the office canteen. So no zipping out to grab a sandwich and sitting at the desk. So that is the Spanish comida, the lunch, usually from 2 till 4 p.m. I have touched on this before in previous podcasts that you will find quite often, especially if you're just coming to visit or come on holiday to Spain, uh, outside of the kind of tourist zones, you will find that most restaurants will not be open uh, and serving food uh, in the middle of the day until 2pm, maybe 1.30. So if you're kind of on a more maybe Northern European or American or other timetable and you're thinking you're going to go and sit down and have uh, lunch at maybe 1 o'clock, half past 12, no, you're going to find quite often that the restaurant's kitchen will still be closed or that the restaurant itself will still be closed. Um, so sometimes it can be quite hard to get a hot uh uh, lunch out in a restaurant uh, before 2 p.m. And if you do find one open, you'll notice you'll probably be one of the only people sitting in the restaurant eating. And then suddenly at two o'clock, three o'clock, everyone will come barreling in to eat their lunch. So one of the very famous stereotypes, I guess, um, that connects to lunch in Spain is, of course, the famous siesta, la siesta. Uh, is it fact or fiction? Does it still exist? Or is it just a tired old stereotype? Uh, difficult to answer. Yes and no. Um, I think it's uh, it's certainly a very beloved tradition in Spain. Uh, I think it's something that is much misunderstood um, by outsiders. But it is something which is very much dying out now. The Spanish siesta, I guess, more or less died out decades ago, really. But I say died out. But having said that, there is a sort of form of siesta which does still exist. Now, a lot of people might think that a siesta is you go home after lunch and you you go to bed for, you know, two or three hours and you go to sleep. Not necessarily so. Uh, the modern day siesta, well, in the big cities and if you work in, uh, you know, large international offices, uh, the siesta doesn't exist. You won't have a siesta. Y yes, you'll have a long lunch and you might have a bit of uh, a bit more downtime on your lunch break than you would in, in other countries. Uh, but this notion that you go home and go to bed and sleep for several hours in the uh, in the afternoon really is not true anymore. Uh, what a lot of people will do, their version of a siesta nowadays in Spain would be to come home for those people who, who have the luxury of coming home to eat uh, their lunch. will just crash out on the sofa for half an hour. They might get 
30 minutes shut-eye, or they might just doze on the sofa watching the lunchtime news programs, uh, something like that. I think, you know, Monday to Friday, that is really what a siesta means for um, most people in Spain now. Uh, the weekends, yeah, that might be a different story uh, at the weekends. Obviously, you don't have to go, you don't have to work, and people uh, maybe will have a little snooze for an hour or so uh, after lunch in the afternoon, but particularly in the summer months when it's very hot. And certainly if you're uh, on holiday, you might have a longer siesta. And the other thing with uh, the siesta is you might find smaller shops, smaller businesses closing down for the afternoon. And that is normally because they have their lunch. And, you know, it might mean that they're having their uh, half an hour or hour long siesta. But I was doing some research into the siesta because I think nowadays really in modern Spain it is something of a cliche. But there is a small town I found out about called Ador uh, near Valencia where the siesta is still absolutely sacred. Um, in fact, a couple of years ago, back in 2015, the mayor of the town uh, enshrined its citizens' rights to the afternoon siesta in law. So everything uh, closes down between 2 and 5 p.m. And the law states that noise must be kept to a minimum, that parents are encouraged to keep their children indoors. Playing games in the street is completely, uh, strictly forbidden uh, to allow the town's inhabitants to get their, their 40 winks. Um, but that is very unusual, but quite an interesting little story. So, yeah, the small town of Ador near Valencia has its sacred siesta enshrined in law. But elsewhere in Spain, as I said these days, um, it's really uh, not the case. But while we're on the subject and uh, completely uh, diametrically opposed to the town of Ador near Valencia... In Catalonia last year, uh, 110 professional bodies signed up to a plan to change Catalonia's daily timetable uh, with a deadline of 2025. And what they want to do is shorten the two to three hour lunch break uh, to give their employees a chance to finish work earlier in the evening. Well, I talk about work and uh, working hours um, a bit later in the podcast, but let's let's continue chronologically through the day in the meantime. Uh, but staying with the siesta, um, a few stats apparently, and it just goes to show now how how the siesta is really dying out. Sixty uh, percent of Spaniards uh, nowadays never have a siesta, uh, while just 18% will sometimes have a short uh, afternoon nap. And that's uh, coming from a survey by Simple Logica from about two years ago. So yeah, what is the history behind the siesta? It doesn't really exist in any other countries. Um, Well, here are a few uh, theories behind it. Actually, the siesta doesn't originally come from Spain at all. It comes from Italy. Uh, The word siesta comes from the Latin sexta. And uh, I was reading an interview uh, with a guy called Juan Jose Ortega, who is uh, who works for the Spanish Sleep Society. And according to him, the Romans used to stop and eat and rest at the sixth hour of the day. So this is where we get the word sexta and siesta from six, uh, the sixth hour of the day. So uh, I suppose if we take into account the divided periods of light into uh, two 
halves of 12 hours and then the sixth hour corresponds to the period between uh, well either 1 p.m. in the winter or 3 p.m. in the summer so from its Roman origins the siesta became a cross-cultural phenomenon that stuck in Spain but why did it stick in Spain? Well, there are a couple of theories as to why. Um, one of the most obvious ones, and the one that most people uh, think has the most logical explanation behind it, is the climate. Uh, high temperatures, hot weather for much of the year, but especially during the spring and summer months. It was a way before the days of air conditioning for Spanish people, uh, when they used to work much closer to where they lived, to zip home for a long afternoon break uh, to escape the afternoon heat and to not have to work, of course, in the afternoon heat. Um, so they'd have a meal and batten down the hatches from the sun and sleep until the cooler uh, temperatures of the late afternoon and early evening arrived before they'd go back to work. Uh, other people, uh, historians... Uh, argue that it's connected with Franco, the Franco regime, El Generalissimo, General Franco, and that it's absolutely nothing to do with uh, climate at all because Greece, Italy, Portugal are all very uh, hot countries, have hot climates, um, but don't uh, keep the same uh, late eating times and siestas and these kinds of things. Uh, so there is thinking that the reason does date back to the end of the uh, Second World War and the fact that Spain at the time was indeed under uh, Franco's dictatorship. And traditionally, the Spanish working day was split into two distinct parts because of the difficulty in finding uh, work and the lack of jobs people would very often, and I say people, usually uh, men uh, back in those days, would work one job from 9am until 2pm and then have a break and then return to a different job at 4pm and usually work until about 8pm in the evening. So this disjointed day came, came about because in, in post- uh, civil war Spain uh, many people work these two different jobs to to support their families uh, one in the morning and one in the afternoon and the two hour break allowed workers uh, especially those in rural areas uh, time to rest or to travel uh, after they finished the first job of the day and between the 1950s and the 1980s uh, of course Spain experienced unprecedented migration from rural areas to all of its bigger cities which is where the majority of uh, uh, of uh, Spain's population works now um, I think there's another podcast in that in the future um, so again as the siesta is dying out uh the long working day uh, appears to have remained somehow ingrained in the in the culture. So that's the Spanish siesta, la siesta. Uh, if you uh, do have the luxury of having one, it is quite nice sometimes. I find it a little bit tricky because if I fall asleep for half an hour or an hour, uh, I want to carry on sleeping for uh, another hour or several more hours, depending on how sleepy or tired I am. And I find when I do wake up from a siesta, I feel quite groggy. And the last thing I want to do is then get up and go back to work. So um, I don't know. It's not really for me personally. So the next uh, meal of the day, uh, not really a meal, more of a snack called la merienda. La merienda, an afternoon snack, usually at about half past four, between half past four 
and 6pm. And it's not really common for adults to have a, a, a merienda, an afternoon snack. It's more for children. It's more for children when they finish school and they come home. Again, they might have some cookies, uh, um, some pastries, uh, milk, hot chocolate, uh, that kind of thing. That's la merienda uh, in the late afternoon. So, the next uh, major landmark on the daily routine in Spain, I suppose, is when you finish work. And as you may have gathered from uh, talking about uh, the siesta, etc., lunch, long lunches, uh, people in Spain do finish work uh, quite a bit later than their European uh, counterparts. And I, I guess also in the United States, North America, and many other countries around the world. Um, Spaniards typically finish work between 7 and 8 PM, although it's not unusual for people to be still be in the office uh, at nine o'clock, but typically between seven and eight PM. Actually, Spanish people work the longest hours of all uh, Europeans, um, yet strangely have the worst results to show for it. So uh, they uh, work longer hours but have lower productivity. Uh, around forty-six percent of Spaniards are still at work at six o'clock and 10% of Spaniards are still in the office at 9pm and, and if we broaden that out across a year um, I found that according to the uh, OECD the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development uh, Spaniards rack up 1,691 hours at work each year uh, compared to 1,674 with British workers and Germans super efficient uh, at only 1,371 hours working per year. So, yeah, I mean, you guess you could say that sometimes these uh, Spanish uh, schedules do make it quite difficult to reconcile work and family life. Uh, evenings. The next meal, la cena. Something that I find really bloody difficult to deal with. La cena is the evening meal. Now, the evening meal will be eaten usually uh, between 9 and 10 p.m. Having said that, uh, in my experience, even Monday to Friday during the week, it's certainly not unusual to have your evening meal at 10.30, sometimes 11 p.m. And at the weekends... Not that unusual to see people, either whether they're at home or uh, out in restaurants, uh, sitting down to have their evening meal at 11.30 midnight. Um, restaurants do cater for this. I find it very hard to deal with. Uh, for me, uh, it's, it's, it's really just too late to be sitting down to eat an evening meal. I am adapting. I do eat uh, my evening meals late, uh, um, but I struggle with it. Um, for me, coming from the UK, uh, meal time is at 7pm, 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock, uh, Monday to Friday, you know, and that's late. Uh, weekends, obviously a different story. You know, back in the UK, it's common to go out for a meal in a restaurant at maybe 8.30, 9pm, 
but getting on, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock, that's pretty late, even if you're eating out in a restaurant. I find it difficult. Uh, I would prefer to have my evening meal at uh, 7 o'clock, 7.30, and also get it out the way so that you've got a clear run of the rest of the evening free to, to unwind, to do any activities you want to do. Uh, I find it gets in the way, you know, you've, you're, you're, you're finishing work at 7, uh, maybe you're not home till half seven, eight. And I guess that's the reason why people finish work later, so they eat later. But um, I find it difficult. The evening meal in Spain, again, it's a fairly substantial meal, not as substantial as uh, the lunch. It will be a cooked meal uh, of some uh, sort or another, um, but usually not as big as the uh, lunch. So that's la cena, anytime usually uh, from about 9.30 uh, onwards. Another curious thing about uh, eating the evening meal uh, that I found in Spain, whether you're at home or whether you've invited friends around to eat at home, or indeed whether you're out in a restaurant, is this uh, thing called sobremesa, la sobremesa. Now, the sobremesa is when people finish their meal and they stay sitting at the table talking and chatting or debating or indeed arguing for a good hour or maybe two hours after they finished eating. It's not uncommon in a restaurant uh, to see a group of people uh, chatting, chattering away and they finished their meal or their dessert or their pudding and everything, uh, you know, an hour ago. And they're just sat ch- chatting and talking and talking. So for me, I don't know, it's quite nice, but sometimes I find, again, that's something that I find a bit a bit annoying you know it's like we finished our meal come on let's get the bill and let's get out of here you know let, or you know let's go to a bar and have a drink or let's go for a walk or let's retire to the sofa and chill out you know where it's a bit more comfortable than rigidly sitting at the table with all of the plates uh, still there chatting and chatting and chatting la sobre mesa yeah uh, and sometimes this can even uh, spill out onto the street if you're uh, if you've gone out with friends uh, to a restaurant eating. You know, you'll eventually someone will uh, ask for the bill. You'll get the bill paid. You'll uh, exit the restaurant, and then uh, the sobremesa will start again in the doorway of the restaurant uh, when it's time to sort of say goodbye to your friends or your family. People will carry on for another 20 minutes, half an hour, uh, conversing outside the restaurant. And I'm like, come on, let's go now. You know, we've had our meal. We've had our chat. Uh, Either, you know, let's go home because it's usually pretty late by that point. Or if we're going to stand around chatting, let's at least go and do it in a bar and have a beer or a glass of wine (laughs) while we're doing it. So the sobremesa. So those are the main meals. What happens after you've had dinner? Well, um, I'm going to use this as a sort of segue to talk about uh, television, TV and primetime TV shows. Now, this just blows my mind. Uh, in Spain, the main primetime TV slots will start at usually after 10 p.m. 10 p.m., 10.30 Uh, In fact, I read a statistic that says 90% of Spain's top-rated television programmes finish later than 11.30pm. And that's during the week, you know, that's Monday to Friday. Uh, And actually, you know, there are uh, other primetime top-rated television programmes that finish at uh, half past midnight or or sometimes uh, one one o'clock in the morning. I'm talking about the big... um, 
syndicated shows like MasterChef or The Voice or Spain's Got Talent or First Dates, uh, all of the big, quite common uh, international format TV programs, uh, films, drama series, all of those kinds of things. Don't start until 10, 30, 11 o'clock. My God, that for me, you know, it's time to go. It's time to think about going to bed. Uh, in the UK, primetime TV really starts from about 8, 8 p.m., maybe 9 p.m. and uh, are, finished by, are finished by 11 o'clock at the latest. Spanish news programmes as well also start late. So that's another reason um, people sit down and watch their evening news at, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock. In the UK, it's six six o'clock or six thirty. <laughs> but another, I suppose, quite worrying thing is that uh, um, recent TV ratings show that nearly six hundred thousand Spanish children aged between four years old and twelve years old are still watching TV after ten p.m. on any given weeknight. So six hundred thousand Spanish children uh, from very young, four four years old. You know, it's very young, up until the age of twelve, are still glued to the glued to the box after ten p.m. when they have to go to school the next morning and probably get up at seven thirty a.m. eight o'clock to get to school. I think it's crazy. Um, Again, you know, in the UK, no way four-year-olds go to bed. You know, probably six or seven p.m. I certainly did when I was a kid. Um, But it's interesting because they actually have TV programs aimed at children so these are are, this is programming for children which is still being shown up until 10 o'clock at night so yeah i crazy (laughs) it's funny when i used to when i used to commute to work on the metro i used to see these little i don't know maybe seven eight nine ten year olds commuting on the metro with their parents in the morning going to school in their school uniform some of them with great big bags under their eyes dark circles under their eyes and I thought my god why you know why why are you looking so tired you're only eight years old and and I don't know I think that kind of explains uh I think that kind of kind of explains it really Uh, Spanish children do stay up much much later than in other countries certainly than in the UK certainly I don't know maybe than Europe northern European countries uh and it's not unusual to see kids out in the street playing you know at 10 o'clock at night and at the weekends which is fine at the weekends because I don't have school but you'll see kids out with their parents running around in the street uh, outside bars or or terraces uh, you know one o'clock in the morning 2 a.m no problem at all so meeting up going out with friends at the weekend socializing yeah again this is something else which I find still pretty difficult to adapt to Spanish people will socialise pretty late at the weekends. Uh, Why? Because they will have their evening meal at the weekend at, again, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and arrange to meet up at maybe, you know, 11, something like this. Uh, For me to begin a night out at 10.30, 11 p.m. is, well, insane uh, (laughs) for me. It's really late um, given that in the UK, most people, I guess, would arrange to meet up to go out for drinks, 
I don't know, 7.30, 8pm, something like that. Um, there is this culture in the UK. I'm not sure about other countries. We have a bit of a bad rep <laughs> when it comes to drinking. But I was certainly part of it. There is this sort of culture in the UK of uh, Friday, you finish work, you leave the office at uh, half past five, six o'clock, and you go directly to the nearest pub to meet your friends or indeed with your work colleagues. So you start having a drink in the UK on a Friday evening at 6pm, 7pm maybe and you will stay in the pub until I don't know midnight 11 o'clock something like that you may have something to eat uh, while you're there but to start thinking about going out at 10 30 11 o'clock at night and begin your night out for me wow it's late it's quite hard when it gets that late and I'm still at home I'm thinking that's it I'm staying in now I'm not going out uh, so it's quite hard to wrench yourself out off the sofa get ready and go out uh, at, th- at that time. And, and of course, in Spain, bars, restaurants, pubs, nightclubs are open really, really late. Um, certainly in the bigger cities. I mean, here in Madrid, you can be out until six, seven o'clock in the morning. So you go out at 11 o'clock at night and you're out socializing, drinking, partying, whatever you want to do. And there are places open easily until, yeah, these small hours, well, until daylight They are a nation of night owls, you crazy Spaniards. Uh, And then you lose all of the next day, all day Saturday in bed because you've been up since you got home at 7am. But yeah, meeting up to go out with friends happens much, much later here uh, at the weekends. So bedtime eventually does roll around. As you can probably imagine, uh, given the daily timetable that I've just been talking about, eating very late, television programs rolling on until midnight or beyond. Yeah, uh, people go to bed very late in Spain. Uh, Even, again, during the week, Monday to Friday, it's not unusual for Spaniards to go to bed at uh, 12.30 or 1am. Of course, there are those who go to bed earlier at at midnight. But yeah, the Spanish do go to sleep much later than their European neighbours. According to uh, Eurostat, Spaniards go to bed on average at midnight uh, compared to Germans, who on average go to bed at 10pm. And French, who on average go to bed at 10.30pm. And Italians at 11pm. And Spanish people sleep on average 53 minutes less than the European average. So bedtime is quite late. Yeah, 12, 12, midnight, I would say, in my experience, between midnight and 1am, Monday to Friday. And then at the weekends, depending on what your plans are could be really really late another curious and frankly annoying thing on the uh, about the spanish timetable picture the scene you've had a long day you've been uh, holding out until midnight 1am to go to sleep Uh, you're just dozing off and boom loud banging noises coming from the street uh, loud engine noise what's going on yeah, the uh, garbage or rubbish bin collections. Now, this for me is <laughs> truly bizarre. Um, uh, I'm not sure that it's the same in every single city in Spain. I know it to be true here, obviously, in Madrid, where I live, and in Barcelona, and in some other big Spanish cities. I don't know how it works in the smaller towns and villages. Uh, but the daily uh, rubbish household waste collection every day... What time do they come and collect the bins? About half past midnight. Banging around in the street. 
in one way it makes sense because there's no traffic and they can zip around the city collecting all of the bins from outside the apartment buildings without getting caught up in traffic but really does it really make sense to have something so noisy happening uh you know after midnight i don't know so that's a little outline of the spanish well i don't know what you'd call it timetable daily routine working day schedule just a note about weekends kind of the same timetable but of course not having to work the next days people uh, use the excuse to eat even later stay in a restaurant later and like I said go out if they're socializing with friends until much much later uh, one really nice um, tradition which I think still I still see happening here in Madrid is uh, called the paseo and this happens commonly on the weekend on Friday Saturday and Sunday evenings is you'll see uh people the streets just filling up with people uh walking just going for their wander around the neighborhood with their friends or usually with their family and it's quite common to see you know sort of three generations of one family ambling down the street chatting um and they usually do this at about 8 p.m when the weather's cooled down uh sort of dusk uh eight o'clock nine o'clock and it's called the Paseo, the little stroll around the neighbourhood. Uh, it's a good excuse for people who have dogs to walk their dogs as well. And people usually do this uh, before uh, going home to have their uh, very late evening meal. Just a little observation. I think it's quite nice that people actually do get outside and don't stay indoors glued to their TV screens or their computer screens all the time. So will things ever change in Spain regarding uh, daily routine, timetables, meal times, staying at work until 7, 30, 8 o'clock? There have been calls to harmonise Spanish uh, working hours with other European countries um, would make... Uh, to make life easier for workers who do business with other countries in uh, Europe... And, of course, that would also affect changing uh, school timetables. Maybe it could reduce uh, afternoon traffic. Maybe it would slash the length uh, of time that shops are closed for in the afternoons. And maybe it would mean that primetime TV would start uh, a couple of hours earlier. And we could all get to bed at a more sensible time and not be tired the next day. I can't see it happening anytime soon, to be honest. Um, I think if Spain did shift all of their working hours uh, by this arbitrary date of 2025, I think there would be so still so many other factors uh, encouraging Spanish people to still keep late hours. Um, another curiosity, and this is a little segue to the Spanish time zone. Um, the Spain really is in the wrong time zone. Uh, and this, again, harks back to World War Two, Franco regime, and uh, Franco as a kind of, uh, to show his allegiance to Hitler, aligned Spain's clocks to Central European time uh, to match his uh, Nazi allies, and thus moving the country out of the previous time zone that it shared with uh, Portugal and uh, and the UK as well. So it's it, this is a, a bit strange, um, you know. If you think of Spain geographically on a map, uh, almost all of Spain uh, lies to the west of London or Greenwich Mean Time, and so. 
yeah, the Spanish uh, time zone is completely off kilter with uh, its geographical uh, location and uh, the sundown uh, time. And yeah, the sundown does occur an hour later than it would normally do uh, in other countries of the same latitude. And because of this, Spaniards need to wait longer than other southern Europeans for the day to cool down. So I think, yeah, this is a factor, maybe a reason why they have become such night owls, so that they can enjoy more downtime after dusk, after the sun's gone down. Um, but yeah, there are plans to change this um, that keep getting uh, reported and echoed around uh, on the news and uh, the government uh, plans to reform the time zone back to pre-Franco times. But as it stands, I think the reality really is that Spain, Spanish people are still very much chained to this uh, in my personal opinion, somewhat inconvenient and slightly irrational working and eating and sleeping routine, um, in my opinion, uh, whether the uh, majority of Spaniards would agree with me or not, I don't know, probably not. So there you go, Spain and its wacky timetables. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's show. Coming up next week, uh, um, the episode which I've kept going on and on and on about <laughs> the interview with Ben Curtis and Marina Diez. I'll be talking to them about how Spain, Spanish society has changed during the last 20 years or so. Uh, ben is a fellow Brit but has been living and working in Spain for many, many more years than me. So we're going to talk about how, how their story, how he ended up here marrying a Spaniard, setting up his own podcast notes in Spanish uh, for learning Spanish and made a very successful living from it. So we're going to talk about uh, his story, observations on Spain from his point of view and from Marina uh, his Spanish wife's point of view as well. The week after that, I will be talking to you at about 310 kilometers an hour, uh, which uh, is about 193 miles per hour. Why? Because I will be catching the AVE, that's Spain's high-speed train. I'll be catching the AVE to Barcelona. And in that episode, I'm going to be talking about public transport in Spain, how to use it, how to make the best of it, uh, how to use it to explore Spain and its cities. I'll be looking at trains, planes and automobiles and metro systems in the different cities, um, buses, cycling, and I'll be explaining a bit about tickets and prices and that kind of thing. If you've only just stumbled across this podcast, feel free to subscribe. It's completely free. Uh, free to subscribe to, download and share in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And it's also now available on Google Podcasts app if you're an Android phone user. Uh, when in Spain is now available on Google Podcasts for Android users, as well as numerous other Android podcast applications, including Stitcher. And you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify and TuneIn Radio. Uh, just a quick mention that the When in Spain Facebook group, if you'd like to join it, 
it's there and it's a good place to share any questions uh, articles photos ideas suggestions frustrations anything like that and to do that you can just find the facebook the when in spain facebook page and search when in spain and you shall find it and you just need to hit the big blue visit group button and there you can become a member so feel free to join if you like and also as i mentioned last week if you're interested in seeing some of the photos of the various places and people i talk to uh in each podcast episode so if you want to put uh you know pictures and faces to the words then why not follow uh, when in spain on instagram the handle is when in spain or one word when in spain number one uh, if you search that on instagram you will find my when in spain page with lots of uh, lovely photos and failing that if you simply just want to get in touch with suggestions queries questions uh, anything like that get in touch uh, the email address is when in spain one at outlook.com when in spain one the number one at outlook.com i'm always super happy i'm all ears to hear anything you've got to say about the podcast or anything about spain get in touch so have a fantastic week wherever you're listening from and we'll talk again next Wednesday. Adios.